Hello, we are back. A very special edition of Rugby League Bat Chat to try and keep you some company during these weird and strange times. Talking of weird and strange, I've got two weird and strange people to talk us through this show. Welcome, Derek Beaumont and Craig Harrison. Gents, I've got to apologise to you first and foremost. I know you've had it rough this morning. Craig, uh, last time he came on the show, he came on with his phone portrait, but it's not been too kind to him this lockdown, so he had to turn it landscape. And then uh, Derek, well, he, he brought the first phone that he were on. His, uh, his camera saw his face and cracked, so he's had to change phones. So it's uh, it's not been a good start. But we're here, gents. Thank you for joining us. How, how are we both? Well, looking at Craig, I think I'm doing a little bit worse than him. Um, I'm definitely <laughs> looking a little bit redder than him, so I reckon I'm at least two bottles of brandy head, looking at the colour of his skin compared to mine. <laughs> Looks like a tanned god, does Craig. No, come on, lads. Give me, you know, we are uh, we are struggling here in Arrogates, but the sun does uh, come down a little lower in the north. Loves mentioning that he's from Arrogate, does Craig? Our house prices did... there, Craig. No, no, no. Don't cast us up. Don't cast it. <laughs> he hey, it's good to see you, though, gents. He's, he's framed his face with a nice white beard and airline to make himself look more tan. <laughs> he? Uh, he knows that I'm conscious about the. Uh, the complexity of my skin now paler look so he's put some he's put some of the, his missus I, I can only see I got Matt told there. I got told that Craig's been using the lockdown time pretty uh, well it's been the first time he's ever had enough time to count all the pound notes from under his mattress <laughs> he's almost <laughs> finished haven't you mate Uh, Craig, are you speechless? Can't go. I've never heard Craig speechless before. I could get used to that. I think I'm I tell you what, we could do with it. We could do with a prop forward size of him at a minute. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the, the, I tell you what, let's get on to a little bit of a rugby league matter. The, uh, the deadlines, the deadlines on the May the first. We're not changing. We're sticking with May the first. What? How do you start recruiting, Derek? Why do people wait to May the first? Well, there is, well, hey, I ain't getting into that. I ain't, I, I, you're getting me in trouble here. I am, I am not getting involved in that conversation. Do you know what? It's an interesting one because um, I, I received um, an email off an agent that won't name with um, players um, that he's got available coming off next year. And uh, the thing was, three of them were mine. <laughs> and I thought, uh, so. So I messaged Dawson. I said uh, we might need to just have um, a chat with these three before uh, before anybody else does. But now, obviously, recruitment is always a live thing, as Craig will tell you. Um, you've always got to have an eye forward. It's a bit difficult for us because we've got aspirations of being in Super League. Um, so you know, it's a different budget, different amount of money, and, and different players you can attract. Uh, and also. Um, there's a long time left in this season for people to show us what they can do. So we'd normally know a little bit more about what we have got and uh, capabilities than we do currently. So, you know, it, it's a tough place to be um, until, you know, we can. We want to give our own players the, the opportunity to show that they can do what we need in Super League as well and indeed get us there first. Craig, how, how on earth do you decide what's a good deal for your player at the minute? That seems absolutely impossible to me. I'll be honest with you, you'll know this, I speak to you regularly, I'm not comfortable with doing any deals yet. I'm, if people know me, I'm not 
Excellent. It's not about the deals at the moment. It's about the game. I have no interest in that. You know, I, I'll do it if the player. So I had a player another day who said, "Look, I'm out of contract." Uh, I said, "Look, I don't feel comfortable speaking to clubs about anything this year yet. Let's get some sorted. Let's get some proper direction, then we'll get at it." Um, there's enough time for that, Matt. It's not not for me. Um, back to what Deg said about. Um, there's a famous story about an agent who sat with a chairman for 20 minutes telling me he had good, good left to right pass, nice feet, nice size, athleticism. And then chairman finished off at the end of conversations. I do know it is in our academy. So, so, so that actually does go off, I think. So it's uh, it, it's just not a comfortable time for, for any of us. Uh, I wouldn't think so. Derek will tell you different other agents might be punting about everywhere. I, I wouldn't. I won't feel comfortable. Let, let's get some direction on game, and then we'll, you know, the, all bets are off again. Derek, Matt, Derek real... will be having a field day here because, come on, Derek, you've uh, you've tried to sign Jared Ayn, you've tried to sign Ben Barber, you've probably tried to bring Jonathan Thurston out of retirement as well at some point down the line. You you must be lining up anyone at minute. There must be some right superstars looking for a gig. Hey, I, I tell you what, to answer Craig's question for him, how he gets surprised what's a good deal for his player, is he thinks of a figure, times it by three, doubles it, and then puts it to you on a text. And when you say that, <laughs> he says, well, I've got a couple of clubs who think it is, son, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he, we, there's no agents. Uh, there was just one, and, he, and he, he's not trying to get deals or anything. He's just obviously continuing with his business and letting people know ahead of um, the game who, who he's got available and when um, there's no there's nobody really pushing anything and, and I don't think like Craig says it's an appropriate time um, to be looking at you know doing anything like that um, I, I'm not even really in, in much contact with uh, Duff's other than just checking he's alright and uh, that his welfare checks on the players uh, are alright and with nobody uh, in any bother I think like Craig says the main thing is at the moment how we're going to get the game back going and how we're going to get the clubs through it, and, and how we're going to survive, and you know what's the possibilities. My my big thing is um, at, at the moment, you know, we've got however many season ticket holders um, that have that have paid in goodwill for a for a ticket, um, and you know the likelihood is it's looking like it's it, it's going to be behind closed doors. I think I don't know what Craig's thoughts are, but I I just think that the way the game's going to get back going is going to end up starting certainly. Uh, behind closed doors, um, so I'm I'm more looking at the moment in my time of ways in which we'll be able to stream our games live to our season ticket holders if that happens, uh, and also maybe generate an income from uh, letting people subscribe to see it uh, who aren't season ticket holders. Because if we don't make the games available to our season ticket holders, then they've every right to you know, look at wanting the money back if the games happen where they can't see them. And if that happens, then, you know, we're all facing disaster. Craig, come on, you, let's get stuck into this. You've uh, you, you've been the voice of rugby league when it comes to streaming and everything over the last couple of weeks. Where, where we are, what, what do we need to do from here? We just need to make some decisions based on, you know, results we're getting. If you're getting the results on, we need the numbers down. Nice sponsorship that day. We we need the numbers down, don't we? We need the we need the numbers down, a bit more safety, and then we can get into it. If you look at the NRL model, it's perfect. They've actually got it down to 0.00 risk. So they've gone with a risk assessment to the government who've said, right, as long as you adhere to this, and obviously there's been then two lads 
two top players got it out back for the weekend, haven't they? Barbecue and that's cop battle. But as long as they adhere to it, you, you know, Matt, I put a business plan to everybody in the game. Um, I put a business plan to everybody. I don't think I, Derek will know. I found Derek, I found you, I, I found every person who's in rugby league saying, why are we not thinking of playing behind closed doors? Why are we not thinking of creating an income stream from, from you know from online? I can't believe what we're doing. Uh, and it's took so long to get it to this stage, which I now think, as Derek's rightly said this morning, clubs are all of a weekend saying, "Yeah, we're going to we're, we're going to try and play behind closed doors." There's still t- there's still two clubs not adhering to that, but as soon as Sky pull the money or defer the payment, they'll play. Simple as that. That won't even be a question. As soon as Sky say, "By the way, if you don't play," I think there's 71 games, Matt, to complete, uh, yeah. and that'll have to be done to get the money. Whether you get it now deferred or whatever, it don't matter. So they will play. And then let's think of the income stream for the clubs, right down that you know my view on that. Everybody in the game should benefit benefit from the stream. If think about this, and I'm, I'd like to hear Derek on this. We we as a product sold Sky our package. And I was telling my mate from Ireland the other day, and he said, I said, they only use two games, probably potentially three a week of that package. So for actual paying for Sky throughout the leagues, there's only two games viewed average in the playoffs and the grand final. So all the rest of the games, there's no ink. They're just sat there in an editor's box. Let's make some income stream out of that. I don't, I, people said, oh, you shouldn't be pushing. I'm not pushing Sky. Sky have been fantastic and loyal to our game. Absolutely. First, first class. But these are different times. The game's in proper. If it weren't for people like Derek pumping money and the game's gone. They've got to get to that mm-hmm. fact. Even anybody you want with all the political views, this game is on a knife thread here. This is on. We've got to get income streams in because there's not many Derricks left. There's not many people who are going to want to do that. I'm telling you. They, they well, a lot of people would be happy to hear there are a lot of Derricks left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. No, no I mean, Craig sent, he did send... Um, an interesting proposal, Ryan, and I like anything, anybody that puts things out there, whether they're right or wrong, is, is irrelevant at some points because it's the fact that he's thinking proactively and he and he does care about the game and he cares about his players. And, and for me, obviously the players are very important um, because let, let's be brutally honest here, and this is the conversation I had with Craig, if ultimately this doesn't get, get back going. And let's just say the season was cancelled. And let's just say season ticket holders wanted the money back. Sky stopped putting the money in. Then basically, as a sport, we're bust. So every club goes bust. Every club starts on minus 12. So effectively, you're all starting on zero. So the RFL's addressed that anyway with its operational rules. So ultimately, all that gets basically shafted is there's no better word. Are the players who end up with no jobs and no money and the season ticket holders, fans and sponsors who have paid money and get nothing back for it. And then you rise the phoenix from the ashes and say, right, let's start rugby league again. And you ask all those same players you've just shafted and all those same season ticket holders and sponsors you've shafted if they'll all come back and buy into the sport. So that just isn't going to happen. So we have to find a different way um, about we can deal with it. And, and what Craig put forward... You know, home advantage is, is largely having your spectators there. So if there are none there, then I don't see a big issue. If somebody said to me, right, let's, uh, you know, we're going to play championship games, they're going to be played at 
uh, Uddersfield, as an argument's sake, and there's going to be three on a day. Obviously, the surface has to be able to take it. There's lots of other things to, to put into uh, question around it. And those games was going to be streamed, as, as Craig suggested, by Sky. Why, why not let Sky have as much of it as possible? You know, I've got my club shirt on here with our sponsors on because they're getting nothing. It might give them a little bit of coverage on, on this show. If they're all all the games are on Sky, well, they're getting more than they would have ever got. So that's a positive from a negative for them. And more people who are sat there at the minute with nothing to watch, nothing to bet on, no gambling that can be done. You know, we've got a great sponsor in Betfred who puts a lot of money into every level of the game. It gets them back uh, seeing some business. Um, it gets people who wouldn't watch rugby watching rugby. Um, and then Craig's got a great idea on what we need to do with that to make sure the people carry on watching it who do. And, and I think everything he says on that aspect is a win-win. Here's one for you, Derek. Um, as as great as we all know, Sky want the games being shown in Super League because of this broadcast deal. We're in a broadcast deal for Championship and League One. So I'm sure, and there are flaws to this, don't get me wrong. What's stopping you guys waiting until you can play in front of crowds, even if that's October and playing through the winter? What about that? Yeah, I just think you leave it too long because what you do with your, your promotion and relegation then, Matt, because that's the issue, yeah. You, you know, that that's the big thing and that's what we're all in playing for. I mean, Sky do have the rights to, to the championship and championship one. I'm, I'm sure that given there's not a lot of content for them, um, you know, if we could get it going, then they would uh, be interested in, in dealing with that. If 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 they're not, uh, then I would be, you know, leaning on Ralph to say, can we get some freedom from them where we can stream our own uh, games mm. to fulfil our season tickets and, and maybe generate an income another way? And I personally would be happy to invest, and this is what I've been looking at, in decent... Uh, you know, putting some money into some decent cameras and uh, software to enable us to be able to do it at a decent level. And then the positive from that is we can always do that going forward as well down the line because we've also got to look as a sport, in particular the championship, um, if Super League gets a deal that doesn't really put a lot of money down to the championship and we have to find our own way of doing things, then it may well be that clubs have got to survive by streaming their own games. I, we've only got about two minutes before we have to have a quick break here, but on promotion relegation, right, come on, Derek, you, you can fill us in on this one better than anyone because we're being told that Super League don't want relegation. Obviously, the RFL want to keep promotion. So what's going on? Are, are we going to have it? Are we not? You tell us. Well, well, the first, the, the most important part of that conversation is that decision is solely made by the RFL. It's not a Super League decision. Mm -hmm. Um, so the RFL will decide that. Um, Super League, you can understand why they don't want relegation. And if I was in Super League and, and down near the bottom end, I wouldn't want relegation either. Um, but I, I, it isn't fair to say that the whole of Super League don't want relegation because I know that there's clubs in there that, that do. Um, but it's suggested that they don't have it and that they, I've been approached by a Super League chairman uh, and asked what my thoughts would be if it was 13 uh, and two went down the following year. Well, I wouldn't be keen on that because staying in Super League is a tough gig, as I found out twice before. Uh, so try and stay in there uh, by beating two other teams um, is an even more difficult scenario. So if they was going 13 with a view to going 14 the year after, then that might be uh, something for them to, to look at. But other than that, I think someone's got to come down. The games will be played, so... You know, it's the same difference, just over a short period of time. Do you think, Craig? 
I, I think it's split camp quickly. I know I can see time. I think Derek, being honest there, you know, if I were Neil Ludgell or somebody in that bottom four, would I stick another half a million in with with the threat of losing my... Probably not. I think the sensible thing tells you that'd be hard to do, wouldn't it? Uh, I think there's got to be some protection without doubt, but then I don't want to let Derek's dream of bringing Lee back up and Featherstone and whoever else to lose have got to have their dream of life, so I'd probably look at making the comp a little bit bigger and allow that window. Well, we uh, we will have more conversation after a bit of lie-hard fun, a bit of serious talk. We'll let Craig and Derek get the gags back in order before the second part. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to this week's Rugby League back chat. We've had a bit of a break. Uh, Craig tried to go back to portrait on his phone, but he still won't fit. So uh, he's gone back to landscape now and we're all, we're all good and ready to go again. Fellas, we were talking about promotion relegation. I've got this theory. I don't know what's wrong with it. I'll put it to you. There is an appetite for 14 teams. Not everyone wants it. There are pros and cons. There are no perfect structures. I, that's my belief anyway. But why don't we, because teams don't want relegation from Super League this year, we go one up from the championship for the next two seasons. No one comes down. You've got your 14 teams. Everyone's happy because they can go up. Everyone's happy because they can't go down. What's wrong with that? Let's do it. <laughs> no, the, the, obviously, the, the thing is the finance side of it, Matt, because... Um, you know, it's splitting the pie, whatever the money is, 14 ways as opposed to 12. The, the argument coming in there in, in Super League, you, you've got Toronto, Toronto, who, for the record, I don't think will finish bottom anyway, because I think when teams get out there, um, you know, they'll pick up some points. But the thought process is that if it was Toronto that went down and Lee came up as an argument, say, then the pie's getting split the same. Um, because Toronto don't get any money. So by not relegating, if Lee came in, you've got the same situation. Plus, by not relegating anybody, you're not going to pay a parachute payment. So Super League, fundamentally, is is, is probably better off um, with having a 13th team. The, the issue is if two was to go down. So if you go to 14 teams, then you've got a situation where the pie is then being split. But we've got to, you know, look at what's best for the game rather than what's best uh, individually for each club financially. And a lot depends on what deal Robert gets from, um, you know, Sky or whichever broadcaster he's, he's talking to. But I think where, where the, the key issue is now is definitely what Craig says is servicing Sky. But from if it, let's just take Neil Ludgill as, as as one person, you know, intelligent guy that put a lot of money in uh, uh, Old Kingston Rovers, well supported club, been down, survived it, got back up. So there's a lot of similarities in in in, uh, in my situation and with Neil's, and really I have empathy for his, and and he, he he does mine. So if if you look at the situation, we're both faced with a decision because if somebody said to me now, right, season's uh, void, there's no promotion. Um, then I'm left in a bit of a situation where, well, hang on a minute, I've invested in a team that I think is going to give me a good chance of getting up and I wouldn't have spent that money on a team that can't get promoted because it's pointless. Um, similarly, Neil's now faced with the decision of, well, if the plug's going to go, I might as well pull it now before I put a load more money in chasing something that you know might never happen. So I appreciate there's no certainty at the minute with 
COVID and when it's going to end and when we can play and things like that. So what we have to do is put some certainty around us that we can control. So we can control saying nobody's going to get relegated. We can control we're still going to have uh, promotion. Um, and, and we can control what happens uh, beyond that. So for me, the only stumbling block is... The scenario, what what would have me against it is the scenario of two teams coming down the following year. So if they can deal with that, then everybody's uh, in favour, as I understand. I, you know, I haven't spoke to Featherstone and Toulouse, and they'll obviously think they've got as good a chance as I have, as as will other teams. So it's by no means just a case of speaking to Liam on what they think about it. Um, but what you say makes sense to me. That is the ideal solution. Get it to 14 and just have a business plan in place that what the worst case scenario would be financially for each team in them circumstances. Here's, here's a question, though. Now, something that you, you mentioned there was Robert Elston negotiating a Sky deal. Well, in the last few weeks, and I might be overreading this, but it would appear to me that there is a bit of a movement for Super League to come back in with the RFL because Eamon McManus was glowing in his praise of Ralph Frimmer, didn't say a word about Robert Elston. And then at the weekend, Neil Hudgel said himself that the club can't afford two executive bodies. Craig, what's going on here? Surely, surely, after all that went on a couple of years ago, Super League aren't now deciding they want to come back in as one. Well. It- Easy for me, Matt. Completely easy. It's um, if you're going to go capping on to the government for a for a donation, you know, for a help out, you can't go with million pound clubs. You have to go with you know your working class sport and say we need help. You can't go and say this club needs help and they're turning over fifteen million. So they've needed it. They've needed to look at the RFL with a bit more respect. And and there's no doubt there's going to be moves made to bring it back as one. And, and at the moment, the RFL are 3-0 up and it's our time. Let's be honest, that they're 3-0 up. Mm. There's not, they don't look like there's much attack coming from Super League. I've never seen a lack of content in my life not coming from an organisation. So bottom line is, do I think it'll go back as one? Of course it will. Uh, secondly, should there be some humble pie yet by people who push the RFL away? 100%. And then we move on. Uh, then we've got to move on because the it's same as the COVID. Hindsight's brilliant. But it's happened. We get on with it. If they go back as one, I don't mind. I don't mind at all, as long as it helps the sport. If we all think of the bigger picture, all politics is rubbish. For me, I've apologised in my life for doing things wrong. If they come back to RFL and say, you know what, we thought at the time it were right, we've realised it wasn't. When the time, when the when the you know it's hit the fan, we've needed the working class rugby league to get us out of it, and that's it. Apologise and move on. Get your egos out of the way and get on with it. Yeah, well, that's think, yeah, that's the thing. Go on, Derek. The, the, the thing, I mean, I was I was obviously in Super League the year that we did that, and and probably, you know, the difference and, and maybe why they went for it while I was there, I don't know. Um, but I, I'll say this here, here and now, really. Um, it, I think it needed doing at the time because of, of you know what was going on and, and being able to get information and where the, the thoughts of how the, the various finances was being worked, etc. Um, and I think there's lessons been learned from that, from the RFL. I I, I, th- I I probably regret, actually, the way I voted on that now, if I'm honest with you, um, l- looking at it. And I, and I think Ralph Rimmer's shown uh, superb leadership um, from the RFL. 
uh, on this. The, the information we've been supplied as clubs, uh, it's been far-reaching. It, it covers all uh, stakeholders, you know, even down to stadium companies that are now stuck, you know, where they're not getting any income themselves, um, down to fans, to sponsors, to players, to agents, every everybody, it's far and reaching. And I think the way that he's liaised with other heads of, of sports, um, and it's the RFL that's got the seat at that table, um, rather, uh, rather than um, Super League. So it's Ralph Rimmer who's at the table with Sport England and, and everybody else, not uh, Robert Elston. And I think as, as a governing body, um, they're, they're what's recognised and not Super League. So maybe there is a little bit of thought on that. And, and now we're paying two, two sets of people to do what essentially one could do. I think the infrastructure of the RFL is you know, very good and it's been serving a long time. So I think there's good come out of it. I think Ralph would agree with that as far as how things have changed and, and how they are as an organisation and realising that it can be taken away from them. And I think Super League have probably realised it's not as easy without the RFL. So maybe it comes back together stronger. That's Matt, a very Matt, diplomatic on, answer, that, Derek. Yeah, on, on that, you know, <laughs> you look at, you look at, and this is not about individuals, you know, I bet you Robert's coming to our sport with his organisation and looked at it and then within 15 months this has happened. And I think you you tweeted somebody, yeah. but was this on the agenda before COVID? You know, was this already things that people were talking about? You know our sport, they can't keep a secret. You know, there, there would have been things discussed that, you know. Ultimately, Robert will be judged, rightly so, on the Sky deal. So mm-hmm. if they can then say, oh, because of what's happened, Sky going to cut 100 million off top end. Right, well, that'd be Robert's fault. No, probably not, in a way, that no. because of what's happened. That they've got stronger bargaining. We don't have anybody else to compete with Sky. That's been a fault of the sport. Yeah. To be honest, I think. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I he's was got just, a I tough job. Say, Craig. Go on. Sorry, Matt. He, Robert's got a, a very tough job here. You know, let's give him some uh, respect there and, and credit where he's due. You know, I mean, he, he's obviously commercially savvy guy. You know, he's done his time at Everton, etc. I haven't really met him properly. Um, but he, he's got a really tough job at the moment because, in some respects, Sky are being very honourable uh, to us. Um, you know, they're still making the payments and we're not producing the content. So it does weaken his situation a little bit in terms of saying, oh, well, I'm just chatting with Amazon or I'm just chatting with, you know, BBC or whoever or Facebook Live. Um, you know, so it does make him a little bit difficult. But at the same time, we can switch that straight on its head by going back to what we talked about earlier, by getting them a load of content, giving them a lot more than they would normally get. Yeah. And then we can say, you know, this is what we've given you. This is what we've done. And actually reverse it and put ourselves in a stronger position. Um, and I really think that's what's got to be done. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all that. I think my my concern, and, I, you know, it's not much of a secret for anyone on social media, but I had a long conversation um, with Michael Carter about, about this matter. And I think my concern looking at what's, what's happening here is Super League come back in. When it was split, we were told that Super League wanted more control uh, generally, but also more control in negotiations on a Sky deal. Now, we knew there was going to be a lot of cost that came with splitting because they had to get their own office space, their own employees, so on and so forth. There has been a lot of cost. At the minute, what can you say has been the return on investment and has it been significant enough 
for it to be worthwhile. I don't know if you can say yes to that at the minute. That's my concern. At the same time, I appreciate the impact that COVID's had because who could have predicted this? It's not ideal. It's not great. But it just seems that we were told, we were judging Robert Elston on the Sky deal. And now we're being told that if, if they come back together, Robert Elston won't be leading that. The RFL have been in negotiations anyway, uh, Michael said yesterday. So then it does leave you questioning why we've put all this expense into something if we're not going to see out what it was actually intended to do. That's my that's my thoughts on it. And I'm happy, you know, I'm, I'm happy to have this conversation. I don't mind saying that publicly. Matt, it, 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 again, hindsight is wonderful. Uh, again, we'll never know whether Robert could have delivered the record package. My instinct, personally, no. I think, I think us having really one provider for the last 20 odd years and they're a loyal provider and they've probably saved the mm-hmm. game but it's a, it's, it's a dilute of our game that we haven't gone out and, and produced other forms of streaming the greatest game in the world we, we've not done mm-hmm. it we've got to stick our hands up everybody as a sport and said we've just been happy to take the, 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 the sky deal and not not do that we've got to look for other avenues everybody everybody now is indoors why don't we take the greatest game in the world indoors? I've got you know my things, Matt. Six weeks ago, I said to you, yeah, yeah. What people in Google box fans in thing cheering and he's, wait, he's waiting for me to call him a genius. He's egging me on all all I'm afternoon. Not, not, not about, it's not about individuals. <laughs> you you got no, it, 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 it's, no, it. No, but you look at it, Matt. Matt, seriously, I I don't know if we think different. Derek will tell you this. I bet you Derek can tell you this. And I said this in my first thing. If you're in your own business and you're in life, you can't think like everybody else because you wouldn't be where you are. You have to think different. I don't get it. We've got to think different. We can't think <laughs> like everybody else. And the quicker you know, we get on that... Go on. Do you know what, though? We, in the championship, you know, could be argued that some of the clubs could, could play without being behind closed doors and social distance. With the crowds that we get, <laughs> I, mean, oh, I get was even thinking about. I was well. I was going to have a word with Simon too because uh, the CEO at the Sports Village, because we've got like I think it's eleven and a half thousand uh, stadium there. I think we only sold thirteen hundred season tickets, so surely we can get everybody in and keep them two yeah. meters apart. <laughs> it's not going to be a big rush, oh, but uh, no. On a, on a serious note, Ralph's obviously out and about looking for the championship, um, you know, and, and, and what that can do and building up the R-League app, which you'll both see now that's growing and, and servicing the championship well. It might be something that becomes subscription-based down the line to, to assist with that uh, or even pay-per-view on there. So there are, they are a lot further down the line than some people would give them credit um, uh, on that. So that's obviously why Ralph's in a, in a position. But I think as well from Robert's point of view... Go on, sorry, Craig. Listen, f- first thing's got to be service TV deal, service season tickets, and then we move to stage three. It should be it should be straight at that. Service them too when it's when it's safe to do so. Safe to do so, and the the minimum risk. I talked to some players this week. And this is for both of us, all of us. And I said to them last week, you know, why are players not coming out? Why are players scared? And a couple said, oh, I don't want to rock boat. I don't know what my CEO's thinking. I don't. And I'm saying, guys, you know, you need to come out and speak for yourselves. You want, And a lot of them are saying, we want to give the fans something back. We want to give people something to look forward to. We want to, we want to, we want to help. If people are paying for us, let us help them by showing them something when it's safe to do so. 
So I, I don't get. We've, we've got to get them first two things serviced. That's that's get get, get the country uh, in in a way where we can go at it and get it on. I don't. I don't. There should be a passion from everybody when it's safe to do so. Look at the NRL. Every day there's 45 debates, and they're running about mm. stress to get the game back on the telly because they know how important it is to people's lives and you know getting some out there, something to look forward to, and the game itself to save it. So. I just think everything should be thrown into it. Everything. And no more politics. No more Ralph. No more Robert. No more this. No more. Put it all away. Put your prams away. And come together and let's get it on. Craig Harrison now going by Winston Churchill. <laughs> the big issue you've got, and I can see the timer there, is you're going to be putting, what, 34 people on a, a big square of grass together and you're going to get people who are not into yeah. sports saying, well, if that's allowed, why can't I go to the park with my kids and meet my family and stuff like that? So it's obviously got to come behind other things so that it's publicly yeah. seen as OK, hasn't it? Of course it has. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Look, we've had a, we've had a lot of serious chat the first two parts. After this break, we're going to have a bit a bit more light-hearted fun. Hopefully I can avoid any, uh, any abuse and ridicule. I'll leave it to the other two to go at each other. We'll be right back after this short break. Don't forget, Backchat is available on Free Sports throughout the season on all of these platforms. And you can also catch up via the Free Sports player by registering for absolutely free. Hello everyone, welcome to the final part of this week's show. We're going to, uh, Craig, what are you laughing about already? We haven't even started yet. I was, I was thinking back to uh, Derek said he had met Robert Alston. Uh, reportedly, there was a, a list Robert got told of six people to avoid and De Degs were on top. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell you what, whoever was advising him was spot on, though. I tell you. I tell you, I, I only, heard... The only I heard thing I'm... is, I, I was just behind him. Yeah, I, I heard Marwan <laughs> was at the top of it because he always comes first, doesn't he? So... He was uh, he was top, me second, you third. Mar, I can do me giving Mar Mar I'm doing now. I don't know, but I'm going to have to have him another weight loss challenge soon. I'm ballooning here, me. <laughs> well, I didn't. I, I thought that you might have tried the portrait like uh, Craig did, but I, I didn't have that on good authority, and I can't report false information. So, uh, oh, but you yeah, said it. I think. You said it. I think Marwan's. Um, Proper struggling, isn't he? Because all, all the horse racing's gone, his rugby's gone, his hotel's been shut. Um, so I, I don't know what he's doing. I'm not on Twitter. Well, he should, so just, he should I, just set up. He should just set up another rugby league club. How many has he set up now? He's had he had that he, Cumbria one. He had one in Liverpool. It's his next yeah, venture. He's got, yeah, yeah. He's he, got about 19 teams in Dubai. You know. <laughs> has he he's got his own league? <laughs> hey, I'm on top of that. In the old, uh, in the old darts as well, so he'll be, he'll be checking. <laughs> oh. Hey, do you know the first time I met Marwan was uh, is a bit of an interesting story. Um, I can't remember why he'd asked me to, to meet him, and I went over and um, met him at Salford Stadium up at the top. And at the time, it was cloaked in secret that I, I'd, I'd signed Fui Fui Moi Moi, but nobody knew. Um, and it had all been done with this. Um, solicitor over there uh, and I had to do personal guarantees and everything and I was amazed that I'd kept it as a secret and it was in the bottom drawer in my desk and the girl goes over meeting him and uh, he's, he's, he's quite a, a character the first time you meet him like he, he has got an aura about him you know um, that comes across as it's quite intimidating and uh, I'm, I'm sat there and we're chatting away anyway it gets quite relaxed 
And then he says to me, to us, he says, uh, so I can't, he kind of didn't get a good answer on the first two things, whatever they were, and asking about a stadium thing. And then, and then I think a friendly, and we'd already organised something. And then he said, anyway, he says, I'm thinking of signing that fooey fooey my mind. He just started laughing. And he was like, what, what are you laughing at? I said, I can't tell you because I'm thinking I can't tell anybody. You know, I'm sworn to secrecy. And he went, you've not bloody signed him as well, have you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid so, mate. Yeah. A good story of movie we did when he first came over. We did a warm weather training camp. Uh, sorry, a, 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 an army camp, not a warm weather training camp. Um, Rolls was the coach, and he got him in this um, camp where they was in overnight, and they beat, you know, got him out, chucked him in a lake, and this, that, and the other. And Fubi, you can imagine, coming from the NRL, big superstar, he'd none too happy, so he'd stuck him in a dormitory with Gazark and Mickey Ayam. So uh, to look after him. Anyway, he, he comes back in from doing a thing and Fooey's knelt down with his head on the radiator in the room, shaking. And the next thing, Mickey comes in. He says, Fooey, what are you doing? And he gets up and he says, Mickey, Mickey, feel me head. Tell coach, got a temperature. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to get my, that's outstanding. Uh, outstanding. Yeah. Hey, hey, Derek, here, well, Craig, one for you as well, this. What's the best deal you've ever done? It's not with Craig. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not one to leave, let me tell you. Um, I would say, (laughs) I would say what in terms of changing someone's life or money or what's your, give give us direction. Just your opinion, mate. I I know that you're, you're the, uh, you're the master of Moneyball. You love that, but just whatever, whichever you think has been the most satisfying, the most successful, whichever you think is is the best in your eyes. I'll give you a recent one. Um, I'll give you two quick ones. So if you look at, uh, I did a, a podcast two years ago and cracked a joke about telling Gailey that I'd brought Jake Truman in and I was going to replace him with Truman in two years and he wouldn't go back to Leeds. But I said it as a laugh. And Gailey looked at me and, and he's like, texting me saying, oh, you know, we've always had a bit. I said, sure, we'll have you in two years. You'll go Leeds. Well, when it happened, I thought, and I went back on the podcast and then I'd said it and I was like, oh my God. So, Based on what I saw of Luke in the last three or four games, and he had to, he had to turn the Leeds fans around because at first, you know what fans are like. He got the full Monty. When they got beat at all, it were all his fault. I were, I were watching it, and fans are putting boot in, and what a waste of money. And then the last five games, oh, my God. He had them singing in the aisles, the reverse pass. They're all locked down now, Luke Gale fans. And the other one, rewarding, and I don't want to sound, I don't want to put anybody in, in it's not trouble, but, when we went in before the grand final to secure Danny Maguire's deal at Leeds, this is before the cast grand final, we sat down with Gary and Danny, me and Danny discussed what money he wanted, what terms, and uh, Gary just opened the full the speech with a, <clears throat> you know, and he starts going through it, and I looks at I looks at Danny out outside of my mouth, and I'm thinking. I don't know if they're going to offer you something. <laughs> so I'm slowly slipping down the chair. Danny's looking at in completely with gobbledgum, and Gary's saying, you know, talking about corporate and, and working within a structure at Leeds. Danny's thinking he's in for, you know, X amount and another two-year magic. And we've we walked out in car park, just staring at each other. None of us talked, and I was like, has that just happened? And I got home, and Gary said to me, uh, you know, I think that went rather well. You know, whatever. So I sat there thinking, luckily. By seven o'clock that night, it were all over. 
uh, when Gary made the call the next day, the deal were done. Uh, it was, and that was it. And then Danny went on to change the course of, you know, Leeds. The Underground finally got Player of the Thing. He probably put his legacy up there as one of the greatest ever. But behind that story, my God. So rewarding wise, if you walk it, Dex will tell you. If you walk into a deal, you're thinking you're in full toffee, and halfway through you're thinking, this is not what's on the menu. <laughs> Actually, you know, this is a thank you for what you've done, service. You know, it was it would have had two days. Let me tell you. The best one for me, without a shadow of a doubt, is a player that never even played for me, which is Bryson Goodwin. So, um, the, the centre, we'd signed him for the, um, it, this was the year we was in Super League, and mm. uh, Simon Moran, a good friend of mine, the owner at Warrington, liked the way he works because he's straight through the front door, and I, I'd previously bought Mickey Iam off him with, halfway through the season when we lost Penky. Um, and and um, he, he basically sent me a text saying, uh, Bryson Goodwin, um, offering me uh, money for him. Um, and at the time, as you'll know, if you get relegated, the player can terminate just the same as you can. Um, and I turned down his first offer. I can speak about the figures anyway, I suppose. So it was, it was I think it was 30, 40 K. Um, and the players never played for me. Um, and, and Bryson's on six figures, all the bells and whistles that people like Craig get for him, the flights and the, the agents, fees, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, anyway, I, so I said, no, um, I was confident we could stay up and I needed it, you know, to improve the, the team. We was on our way down to London and we needed to beat them by about 30 to guarantee ourselves that we'd be at home in the million pound game, irrespective of Catalan and Witness. <laughs> and Simon being a shrewd guy that he is, he knew there'd be a figure that would test me. And I was driving down to London and uh, he, he, he just gave me a call and he said, what if we make that figure 60? And I was like, ah, this is a tough gig here now because the guy's on a big contract anyway, if he comes. I can get 60 guaranteed and find myself another player. Um, and we could get relegated and he goes for nothing. Anyway, as it turns out, it was the right decision. So I took 60k, made 60k on a player that never even put a shirt on for us or uh, or cross the line. So it's probably got to be my best deal. Best one with Craig. It isn't it. The best one with Craig. It's looking like a real good one for us at the moment. It's going to be Danny Addy. Craig, what? Uh, Craig, Craig, what is that noise? What's going on in your garden? Guys, sorry about this. I can't believe it. Two seconds. Stay there. <laughs> Get <a move. laughs> Go on, Derek, you carry on with your story. I thought, he had, I thought he had a bit of flatulence and I didn't want to... Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to... <laughs> no, Danny Addy was looking uh, really really good for us just before um, everything got put on stop, so that was a good one with him. But probably the best thing I ever negotiated you know, was in, for, for my club was in an hotel reception in uh, Portugal the year, but we got promoted into Super League. I took them all to Portugal to watch the million-pound game. And the missus had booted all for me. And she rung me in the morning after the first night. She said, you need to get yourself down to reception. They're kicking you out. I said, me? She said, no, all of you. I said, what the hell for? She said, you've been racial abuse. <laughs> she said, you've been ra you'll like this one, Craig. You've got racial, uh, racial abuse. Guys walking around half-naked, peeing in the pool... Um, and a mother and daughter have been chased around uh, the hotel by some players. Oh. So they're kicking you all out. You need to go to reception. So I goes down to the reception, gets this. She speaks great English, this uh, manageress. 
So I says, what's going on? So she tells me exactly what I've just mentioned. I said, right. I said, first of all, racial chanting. I said, we've gotten Fubi Fubi Moi Moi from Tonga. I had Sean Richardson there, my right man, he, he's, a, he's a black guy. I says, we've got an Irish, English, Scottish. I says, we're more mixed race than anything. Oh, we've got racial abuse. I said, and how on earth can a man be half naked? I said, you're either naked or you're not naked, aren't you? You know, so I think that was referring to Jamie Acton walking around with a thong. So I said, and I, what, what's this peeing in the pool? I said, has somebody actually stood on the side of a pool and peed into it? She, she said, I don't know. I said, well, when I had a pee in it, it didn't turn purple. So how does anybody know someone had a pee in the pool? <laughs> I, said, I said, and as for some mother and daughter running around the hotel and getting locked in a room, I said, these are athletes. If they were chasing them, they'd have definitely caught them, love them, telling you. <laughs> anyway, we, we managed to get away with it and, uh, and, and keep ourselves in. So on the last day, we're checking out. And uh, the elder car, the uh, minibuses to ransom until all the bills had been paid. So I paid uh, a massive bill. We did five grand in the first uh, bar afternoon. So I'm, next thing, I'm in this taxi uh, minibus. I'm like, you need to get us out of here now. We're nothing to do with the hotel. We've got to go. Tom Spencer comes and sticks his head in. He says, Derek, they want 300 euros for a bottle of vodka. I don't even drink vodka. Someone's put it on my room. So I goes in with him. I said, here's the 300, love. Let's get sorted. We need to go. As I comes out, this other woman comes across. She says, are you Mr. Tickle? We had Danny Tickle there, didn't we? He's, he's who? I said, yeah. Mr. Tickle? I said, I'm Mr. Angry. Get me a minibus and get me out of here, that face. <laughs> fast, forward about, fast forward 30 minutes. I'm sat, maybe, maybe an hour, I'm sat on the plane uh, at, at the side of um, Neil Dukes. And my phone goes, it's Gazok. What time we going, Dags? I said, what, what time are we going? We sat on the plane. Somebody told me you were staying. The lads had uh, been, wound us up and said, Gaz and Danny were staying on and not coming home with us. How did they get home? Well, he, he should have gone home earlier, to Gaz, with Mickey Iam. Mickey left on the Saturday. Gaz should have gone that day to go home to go to America with his missus. Missed that fly. Then missed our flight and couldn't get one, I don't think, for about four days after that. <laughs> Crazy. Hey, Matt, really... Matt I'll, give, I'll give you a quick in about when I was an owner of a club like Derek. What I did a, we did, we did a, a pre-season do with the great, and our coach at the time was the great Ellery Hanley. So, you know, I knew I knew why you had to act around L, but I'm thinking you haven't realised yet I'm, a, I'm an up ball. I'm full, I'm full on. So, we goes and he gives me a talk before the day. He said, look, mm -hmm. Tots, uh, best behaviour today, you know, let's keep it nice and professional. I'm thinking, oh, sh I've organised go-kart challenge, Greyhounds at Sheffield Casino, then nightclub. So I'm thinking, do I drop this in yet? What's happening? So he gets to, to go-kart and El pulls me and he said, uh, look, Tops, you know, we're not going in the go-karts. I goes, uh, nah, that hell, I've paid. I've paid for it. I'm, I'm in cart one. So I've raced all lads. We've had a great, we've had a great go. We've got the tinnies on the bus on the way to the hotel. Ellery's come out and give me speech again and said, look, Tops, you know, let's get them in the room. Let's get them really, you know. Well, I've just got three bar, two hours, full on. So I'm into seven pints and I'm, I'm jigging about. And, and he's, he's giving me it again. He said, what time shall we meet to go to the Greyhounds? I've never been to the Greyhounds, Tops. Anyway, he gets there. It's on. Honestly, it's on. It's just crazy. Drinking once. I'm the best time ever. And he's, I can see him totally uncomfortable with the situation, but he's, he's looking after me by now. He's thinking, he's, he's going, thinking, I do this, I do this most days. Now, to be honest with you, this is not, this is just normal. 
We ends up in casino. I'm on. I'm on top table. Thirteen pints in, and I'm about a bag of sand down on table. And I looks up, and he's staring at me, Ellen. He said, uh, "Tops, it's time to go home now. I'm, I really need to look after you." <laughs> Honestly, by the time by the time we got home the next morning, he'd left. Ellen gone. I think he just wrote me a text saying, uh, "You know, glad to meet you. I'll see you in about three weeks." <laughs> Ellery Andrew, had, one of the legends when, of the year. When we first won uh, won championship to go full time the following year with Rolls and Ando, we was got, we went to Magaluf that year. Took all the lads. Ando says, oh, "I'm not coming. It's not my scene." That anyway, we managed to talk him into it. We'd been there about an hour and a half, two hours. We're in this Chinese karaoke bar. He's got every single thing man can sell flashing like I don't know what dancing away. And I was like, "Not your scene, this is it, Ando lad." <laughs> Who's on first name terms with them all? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, gents, I must say, you've given me a good laugh there. And uh, I don't think anyone abuses each other too much either, which is quite nice. Probably a uh, few swear. Can't abuse him. I need, I need more players off him, don't I? Especially, you can't, hey. can't go abusing him. Elliot, well, Elliot, let, me, let me tell you as well, Elliot, I'm going to stick up for him here. I'm going I'm, I'm to stick up for him here because he always gets worried when he speaks to me because he thinks that everyone thinks my main contact's in, but he tells me absolutely nothing, and I'm happy to put that on record. He won't, and if I find out anything about his players, I can't speak to him for a week until I put it out. So next time I'll leak one of your, uh, your new signings, Derek, it won't from Craig, I can assure you. Uh, anyway. No, no, I know, he's a, I know he's a straight shooter, lad. He's, he says it as it is, and he's a straight player. Indeed. Well, gents, thank you so much for your time and thank you for all for joining us as well. We've had a good laugh. Stay safe, look after yourself, do all the things you need to do and hopefully we'll have some rugby league very, very soon. We'll see you later on.